Good morning. Buenos dias. For those who I haven't met, my name is Jonathan Kinberg. I'm one of the resident clergy here, and it's a privilege to share again with you today uh, from the Word of God. Would you pray with me as we, as we begin today? Holy Spirit, we invite your presence. Uh, we invite your power. We invite your illumination. Would you bring to life the Word of God in our hearts and minds today? Would you speak a word to each of us? Would you help us to meet with Jesus today through the Bible, through the preaching of your word? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I have one question today, which I'll be repeating and inviting us to sit with um, based on this passage from Philippians 4. And it's a very simple question, but it's a very, perhaps, um, difficult question. The question is, is Christ enough? Is Christ enough? Uh, some of you perhaps were here um, this year on Good Friday. I shared a little bit of my own kind of healing testimony uh, based on kind of a difficult transition from Chicago here to Austin this past year. Uh, I won't get into all the details about that today, but it was a transition from my church community where I'd been for about 18 years, and it felt like I lost everything in the transition. Um, the ministry I had built up, the physical home I just moved into about a year before that, uh, my friendships and community for about 18 years, uh, it felt like I had lost nothing. And when I came to Austin, it felt like I came here with nothing. Um, it, felt like I, it felt like I lost everything and came to Austin with nothing. And during this, I had a, series, or a season of sabbatical of rest and of prayer and healing. And during that time, I met with a spiritual director, and he kind of heard all the things that had been going on, and he asked me a question. He said, Jonathan, why are you still a Christian? And he didn't ask it ironically or um, because he was hoping I, you know, that I would, wouldn't be a Christian, but it was an honest question. And I sat with that, and it was, it was difficult to hear. Um, and I wanted to be able to say, uh, kind of with the disciples, um, when a lot of the disciples had, uh, or followers of Jesus had left, and then they said, Jesus asked them, are you leaving too? And they said, no, where else would we go? You alone have the words of life. I want to be able to answer like that. You know, like, yes, uh, you know, I'm a Christian because Jesus is everything and he's enough. And, but I, I, at least at that moment, it was hard to answer in that way. And I, I sat with it for a little bit. And I think the answer that I could come up with that was honest at that moment was just that I felt pursued. Um, my whole life, I felt like God has pursued me. There's this sense of grace chasing me um, year after year after year. Um, but that question that he asked me, um, why are you still a Christian in the midst of difficult circumstances? I think another way to ask that is that question that we're looking at today. And is Christ enough? Is Christ enough for you? Especially when it seems like or it feels like you've lost everything, is Christ enough? As we wrap up today, our series that we've been in uh, during the summer on the book of Philippians, I'll be giving a shorter message so that at the end we have a time to uh, kind of reflect back over this book of Philippians and some of the ways that God's been speaking to us. But throughout, I'd like us to sit today with that question, is Christ enough? Um, we're looking at Philippians 4, 10 through 23. If you have your bulletins, I invite you to open it up there if you have a Bible. Um, I'll be pulling from a couple different translations, but you can see it there as well in your bulletin. Um, but this is the closing of the letter. Um, again, Paul is writing from prison. 
There is the potential awaiting of, of, of death is really the context of his writing. Um, if you remember, Paul is uh, a missionary. He's a church planter. Um, he's a tent maker. And so throughout his ministry, though, he's been traveling and going from here to there. Uh, for the most part, he's sustained himself through his own work, uh, through kind of some uh, you could say part-time work on the side as a tent maker, but often that wasn't enough, and churches and individuals that he administered to would give him uh, specific gifts of financial help. Maybe he was sick, or there was a, a, a special difficulty, and churches would kind of uh, pitch in. Um, and that's the context kind of for this section here of uh, Philippians. If, if I could summarize it, I think in different words it would be something like this. Paul is saying, hey, thanks, Philippians, for sending me financial help again. It's a blessing. But I also want you to know that I'm doing more than okay. With God's help, even though I'm in prison and possible death is coming, I am content. Jesus is enough for me. I have everything I need. And he's enough for you. You have everything you need in him, church um, in Philippi. So there's this, this context of them sending him a gift, and he's thanking them. He's saying, thank you so much. Uh, you've sent me multiple gifts over the past season. Thank you. Um, it's what a blessing. But I want you to know also that even when I've gone through difficult times, even when I've been with a lot or with very little, Jesus is enough for me. And then he's, the second half, he shifts and he says, and Jesus is enough for you. And you've been so generous to me, but God is way more generous than you could ever be. And he's going to supply everything you need. You have everything you need and more in Jesus. So let's look at that just a little bit deeper. Um, verses 12, 14 in the New Living Translation says, I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. Um, I heard this story um, from a friend of a friend uh, a couple, maybe about five years ago. Uh, every so often we'll see on the news these um, kind of stories of migrant caravans coming uh, from Central America or from the south towards the border. And there was a particularly large one um, making its way from Central America to the border at that time. And a friend of a friend um, had gone down with his church to, to meet some of these migrants in Mexico as they were coming towards the border and uh, just to spend some time, ministry of presence. And they ended up doing a little um, kind of worship service. There was some music and then um, sharing from God's word. And after, after this little time of, of ministry, one of the migrants came up to the pastor and asked him, are you going to take an offering? And the pastor said, oh, no, no, no. Like, that's not why we're here. We're not trying to have some kind of gain from you. There's no financial incentive here. We just want to be with you and serve you. And the, but the migrant asked again, are, are you going to take an offering? I'd really like to give my tithe. And the pastor was like, okay. And he took an offering from these migrants who had left everything behind, family, land. Um, and I don't remember the exact amount, but it was something probably equivalent to about $10 or something that was received as a tithe, from, particularly from this one gentleman. He tithed, he gave all he had in a situation of great want and need after having left everything behind. And that story has struck me over the years. It seems so much like the parable of the widow who comes to the temple, right, and, and gives everything, uh, even though it is so little. But I, 
Today, I, th I just reflect and think of what kind of freedom do you need to have to be able to give like that to the Lord, even in the midst of a situation of great difficulty? What kind of contentment did that migrant have to be able to give all that he had as an offering to the Lord in that situation? I think it's something along the lines of what Paul is talking about here. He says, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And again, what are the circumstances that Paul's writing in here? He's in prison and he's awaiting death. And there's a sense of contentment here is the sense of sufficiency. Paul finds sufficiency and even joy in the midst of physical deprivation and discomfort. But this isn't self-sufficiency. This isn't sufficiency in and of himself. It is sufficiency in Christ. For Paul, Christ is enough. We hear this... Uh, Verse over and over, you know, makes nice kind of Hallmark cards or gifts you can text your friends. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But what is the context and what is the meaning of this is with very little or with very much, particularly talking about situation of financial need, of, of great lack, I have everything I need in Jesus. Christ is enough. This is what Paul is saying about himself. And then he shifts to say, and Christ is enough for you as well, Philippians. Christ is more than enough for me, and he is more than enough for you. Um, the front page of your bulletins, you can see verse 19 translated uh, in the message, or verse 20 translated in the message translation. And it says, you can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. His generosity exceeding even yours and the glory that pours from Jesus. Our God and Father abounds in glory that just pours out into eternity. Those are those words, exceeding, abounding, pours from Jesus. Makes us think of previously in the book of this self-giving of Jesus himself, this abundant generosity of Jesus who descends from seven and, and leaves the privileges of heaven and becomes not just a man, but becomes a slave and dying like a criminal on the cross. This is the generosity of God. And this is what Paul is saying. Is that he's saying to the church in Philippi, Christ is more than enough for you. Christ is this overabundant. Our God is an overabundant and generous God who pours out his glory through Jesus for your sake. Remember as a kid, one of the stories that is just... I heard and it stuck with me over the years in this kind of um, context of the generosity of God and depending upon God's generosity. It's a story about uh, George Mueller, um, who uh, in the early 1800s ran an orphanage in England and um, had this kind of radical life of complete dependence on God. They didn't do fundraising. They didn't have any kind of set source of funds or income. And they had about over 100 children and staff in this orphanage. And often it was this kind of daily dependence on God through faith. And one of the classic stories that you may have heard that is told often about uh, his ministry is this uh, one morning, they, uh, it was time for breakfast, and they all, all the orphans and staff sat at this table, and there was no food for the breakfast. Uh, but they all sat down, the, the table was set, and George Mueller said a prayer, and he thanked God for the food that was about to be given that day. And basically, as it goes, they finish the prayer, amen, and the doorbell rings, of course, at the orphanage, or there's a knock at the door. And in comes the baker who said he was unable to sleep because he was sure the Lord wanted him to make bread for the orphanage. Um, 
And so George Mueller says, children, we not only have bread, but we have fresh bread. But then immediately there's another knock at the door. And this time it was the milkman. And his car or truck or whatever it was had just broken down right in front of the orphanage. And he said, do you all want this milk? Otherwise it's going to spoil here. And thus was completed their meal for the day. Um, and it just struck me, what an abundantly generous God who sometimes meets us just in the moment of our need, but who has everything we need. And not just in providing physically, but providing emotionally and spiritually and overabundantly through Christ. God is a God who delights in giving, first and principally through Jesus himself to us. Christ is enough. He's more than enough, says Paul. There is abundance in him. There is rich provision. It's often when you're lacking. It's often when you're alone. It's often when you're running dry, when there's nothing ahead, when there's an empty table that you get to experience that sufficiency of Christ. I can testify in my own life. God has provided over and over and over again, even this past week, this past month, um, in a million and one ways, and not just in specific needs, but he's provided by giving of himself. Can you give a testimony of Christ's sufficiency in your life? Of Christ's sufficiency for your family, even and especially when there was lack and need, when there was loss. Many of us perhaps have, and I can say to myself as well, have this kind of conditional relationship with Jesus at times. There's this, if you answer my prayers, or if church is going well, or if I'm successful at work, or if this Christian thing seems to be helping me in the rest of my life, then I will follow. But we have to ask as well, what happens when our prayers aren't answered, or we don't get the job or promotion, or when our bank account is nearing zero? Is Christ enough? Is Christ sufficient? Is Christ alone in those moments all that we need? And Paul says, yes, yes. Paul gives testimony, yes, in my life. And then he says to the church in Philippi, he's more than enough for you as well. Is Christ enough? As we look back at this book of Philippians that we've been studying over uh, the course of this summer, there are different themes that have emerged. One has been this theme of gospel friendship, of, of the community that it forms in, in the church in Philippi, but also this bond between Paul and the church, um, often in suffering, but in this proclamation of the gospel. There's this deep affection that we see over and over throughout the book between Paul and the church. Um, this link between Paul and Christ and the church in Philippi. There's also this theme of joy in the midst of suffering. We see joy over and over popping up in this book. We see this theme of servanthood and downward mobility of Christ himself giving up all to enter into our world and then inviting us to do the same for the sake of others. We see this theme of heavenly citizenship, of living differently, even strangely, in the midst of a world that values material wealth and upward mobility. We've talked about, the, we've seen throughout the, the summer this theme of unity and of community in the midst of mission. And I think over and through all of these themes and over again, Paul points to Jesus, points to Jesus. He points to Jesus and he says, Christ is sufficient and he is supreme and he is enough.
Let's pray. Jesus, would you be, uh, would you help us to uh, live into the reality of, better said maybe, of your sufficiency, because you are enough. Uh, Lord, would you forgive our wavering faith and our doubts and our struggles to really believe that? Uh, would you strengthen us, help us as uh, that man before Jesus said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, would you help us to experience the reality of your sufficiency and would we exalt you over everything in the midst of our lives, in the midst of our life together here at Church of the Cross. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.